0: This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash AFBlues.
1: You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number two hundred and eighty-six for the week of Wednesday, the 16th of August, 2017. I'm Eddie, and with me tonight are
0: Adam and Scott.
1: This episode is brought to you by Audible and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Hasbro Transformers Combiner Wars Optimus Prime, the SH Figure Arts Vegeta, and DC Collectibles DC Designer Series Joker Statue. Oh, beep-wop, beep-wop, mini barb How are we doing, guys? Welcome to another of Action Figure Blues. And we have Adam. How are you both doing? Well, thank you. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm fine. That was a interesting uh, introduction. Uh, the universal greeting. Oh, of course, the universal yep. greeting. There you go. I'm good. I'm in Brisbane at the moment for the good old work treble. um wrestling with hotel Wi-Fi and all those super fun things.
1: Ooh, very nice. Well, you've actually left the weather here. It was a beautiful day down in Victoria for the first time in ages today. I
0: know, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Well, actually, yesterday wasn't terrible. Um, I was in Victoria yesterday, and uh, we actually had some sunshine and I wouldn't say warm, but enough to um, get the be able to open up and actually air the house out a bit, which is nice.
1: Yeah, I had the uh, fly screen doors um, open today, which has uh, been a long time. Mm. Uh, Adam, how are you doing?
2: All right. I, uh, I'm in my last week of tapering, or as I call it, doing sweet FA, um, before our half marathon on Sunday, um, so that should be fine. And yes, the weather has started warming up over here, damn it, but um, we are expecting it to be... Cool and possibly raining on the morning of my run, which is fantastic news. Now, so, some are true. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like. Would rather it was cold and possibly raining. Okay, because you don't overheat. Got it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was about to say I'm, I'm not a runner or, or at all. I don't know if rain's a good thing or not. So I, I'm glad you, because <laughs> yeah, I was thinking you're being sarcastic.
2: As well. <laughs> but... The, the rain is one of those things you can probably take it or leave it, but if it's nice and cold, at least that's the first step that I like. Because when it's too hot, you just kind of overheat and blah. Horrible. Hmm.
0: Mm. Very good. And uh, what about you, Annie? How are you?
1: I've been good. I'm starting to relax a bit and <laughs> calm down after a very crazy uh, extended uh, beyond a month, but I was calling it a very... Uh, rough month, and uh, this week I so um, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, this year there has actually been a miss 3429, um, uh, which uh, to steal uh, yours and. Uh, sort of Mrs. Shake and uh, Mrs. Nerd. Uh, So this year there's been a Miss 3429 and this week was the meeting of the family uh, at all extended birthday celebrations and uh, things like that. And I will be honest that this podcast is one of the proudest things that I've ever done. Uh, I love doing it. It is fantastic, but it's something that you really begin to question the philosophy of when uh, you're meeting a parent and they're like, oh, so what do you do with yourself? And it's like, oh, I go on the internet and talk about little dollies. And it's very <laughs> – and what uh, said reaction <laughs> to uh, such things. Uh,
0: I think you could um, probably phrase it to be a little bit more sexy.
1: Yes. Well, I yeah. we do have the wonderful new uh, sponsors, which was uh, – Uh, very nice and um it it is a wonderful we are to be a bit braggy we are quite a good podcast with the good track records so i i definitely am very proud of it here but it was just the first time i sort of uh, (laughs) was looking at it through a different light uh on that one but it all it all went well um both parents were very nice grandma was a bit questiony but that's (laughs) how things go
0: Excellent. And uh, what have you been collecting lately? Are you picking up anything uh, interesting in the acquisition department?
1: I've been on a big Transformers kick uh, of recent, which I haven't really had much of a chance to talk about, but I'm going to in our Toy week. But uh, I've been going back and backfilling a lot of the Transformers Combiners Wars and uh, Titan Returns one that I've been missing and a few new ones popping up. And I actually, for the first time, picked up my very first Takara figure, uh, which, for those that don't know, Takara is the company that handles – uh transformers in Japan because in the beginning uh Hasbro were literally licensing their molds to make transformers uh from their die Diaco- clone line and they still handle the transformer stuff in Japan so they literally are the exact same molds that get released here uh in the West but they often have different paint applications and um it's a bit of a myth but they're often considered to be better figures uh, but you're paying more for them but I did pick up a Takara Waspinator uh, for the Beast Wars line uh, that had some very nice uh, paint applications on it. So I was very happy with that. And uh, I was very happy to finally get my hands on a Takara one to uh, oh, compare that differences in that.
0: locally or on the internet?
1: Uh, it was. I've been going very much through a Transformers Facebook page here in Australia. Oh. And there have been a lot of cool things turning up there, including... Uh, the item that I'm going to talk about tonight, and apart from that, I got some new Star Wars Black in, which my Imperial Guard had an arm that was on back to front, so I had a bit yeah. of uh, <laughs> fun there trying to get that replaced, and uh, finally found a Yasagi Yojimbo from the new Turtles line, and he's very comic book accurate, so uh, he's not even a Turtles figure to me. I was just getting him because I really like Yasagi Yojimbo, but that's cool. about it for me. What about you guys? Picked up anything good recently?
2: I have quite a bit. Um, I have picked up, uh, let me see, the item I'll be talking about tonight, so that'll be delightful. Um, I've picked up the, I assume that's, let me see, Wave 5, I think, of the um, Neo Shadow Dragon Ball figures. Uh, The two um, Colours of Aura Effect figure eyes, um, I guess, they're display parts. and I'm trying to think what else came recently. I think the other one that came recently was the um, Figurized Mechanics Trunks Time Machine Dragon Ball Z model kit. Goodness oh, that's Very cool. Yep. So I'll a- be busy.
0: I've been on a DC uh, run. I got the uh, Artifacts Black Manta, um, which is lovely. I'll probably talk about that at some point. And the, these are the one-tenth scale ones. And then the Artifacts... Harley Quinn, which is annoying um, and uh, hurts my OCD because it's on a different base and you have to use the base because it's got a fixed peg in her. And um, Why don't they think about us obsessive compulsives yeah. when they do these things?
1: Well, it's DC. DC have a bad track record. Of doing it's that, of a <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> I just meant DC as a license. Man. Oh well, true, yeah, that's yeah, true.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just got on uh, the weekend because some very nice person uh, texted me to mention that there was a twenty percent off Marvel uh, sale at Zing. Thank you, Eddie. And I got I, and I was kind of thinking. Oh, that's exciting, but I don't know if there's anything there that I don't have that I, you know, want slash can afford. (laughs) And I uh, walked in and they'd just gotten a whole new bunch of the um, Diamond Select Gallery PVC figures, and I got the Phoenix, which is lovely. I'll definitely be reviewing her at some point. That's not DC, obviously, I know that. Don't write in. I get it.
1: Um, Yeah. You actually um, just reminded me that uh, I found out about that sale because everyone this week was posting that they were finding the Diamond Select uh, Lady Deadpool figure. Oh, yes. Um, And, of course, Deadpool uh, being my guy, in this case my girl. um, I did want to pick it up, but I was really tired on the night everyone was posting, and I figured, oh, look, there's a bazillion Zing stores. I'll be able to track this down and went into the one that opens um, surprisingly early before work on the Friday. And I walked in and the guy was like, oh, I haven't had time to put up the signs or that yet, but uh, that's the 20% off uh, sale and all things uh, Marvel. So uh, what you thought was going to cost 50 is going to cost you 40. So I was very happy. It was 10 extra bucks in my pocket I wasn't planning on spending. I'd walked up to the counter with uh, just expecting to spend 50 and posted it on uh, one of the local boards here, and uh, it seemed to get a good reaction. People were going uh, very big on it. People were buying, like, the Tony Stark replica helmet things and all that with 20% off, and, and some people, yeah, really, <laughs> really took advantage of that 20%, which
0: was good. It doesn't take much to say. I think, you know, one of the things that, because we're a bit more uh, spoiled-for-choice, these days where we can get things closer to when they're released particularly some of the stuff that I collect I'm not kind of in that same position where there's always like oh gosh sale yeah there's all these things I've been you know hanging out for I'm a little bit more on top of it um, so you know it was handy to think oh I actually can take advantage of this so that was that was good yeah. huh.
1: Is, and I do have to say for anyone wondering that uh, Lady Deadpool figure is almost exactly six inches, uh, so she's meant to be quite petite against the other Diamond Select characters, but she scales perfectly with uh, Marvel Legends. Um, she's actually head-to-head with the Deadpool, so uh, if you're thinking of adding it in, she's perfect scale. Cool. And shall we uh, go into some articulated news? Yes, please.
2: Baby.
1: Perfect. Uh, so I chucked in a couple of items here. Uh, the first one being that Super 7 is teasing that Toxic Crusaders is going to be returning. So uh, they did announce that they were doing uh, Toxic Avengers reaction uh, figures, which is their sort of Kenner uh, in Star Wars old vintage style uh, lines, which one? Uh, was based off the movie and one was colored like the old uh, Toxic Crusaders kids TV show. Uh, But they are now teasing about the whole Toxic Crusaders gang returning, including the villains from Apocalypse Inc. So I've got my fingers crossed that uh, we're going to be seeing sort of a He-Man classics version of the old Playmates toy line because I loved Toxic Crusaders as a kid. I was that perfect age to be it in a cartoon and then going and renting films from the video store.
0: <laughs> they were uh, terrible. Uh,
1: very uh, shocked and learnt a great deal of uh, <laughs> wonderful things uh, uh, by watching those movies that uh, I thought were going to be kid-friendly movies, but uh, very much not. Oh. Um. <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Did you guys have any um, Toxic Crusaders back in the day or was it uh, in that sort of blind period for you guys?
0: Back in
2: the day, yeah. So I would have been in, I'm just trying to think, nearly finished primary school when the cartoons were on, so I would have equally seen the movies. Um, And, yeah, they they were pretty abominable movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was on I think like it used to be on in the mornings along with uh Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which are even worse movies than <laughs> yeah. uh, Toxic Crusade uh, yeah, Toxic Crusaders.
0: I'm pretty sure that I was uh already married when that that <laughs> uh came out. So yeah. Not oh no, hold on. Ninety one. When did that start final episode ninety one? I'm confused. no no, ninety one. Yeah. No, that that's the year I got married, so... There we go. Well, yeah, well, definitely not, yeah.
1: Well, there, um, <laughs> it was the same teams that were working on the Ninja Turtles stuff, so it's that sort of great oh, figures okay. that just were, like, crazy, overly sculpted with all different pusses and slime, and, and there was a character that you'd poured goo in the top of his head and it came out of his nose, and he was called, like, No Zone because they are all sort of Captain Planet environmental themed, and it was just like brilliant boys line like i'm kind of surprised it didn't really catch on more uh, that it did but it was huge in my friend circle uh, and speaking of other news that uh relates to me we have seen the hascon exclusive items one of which being an x-force deadpool uh, which is pretty much just the gray repaint of the deadpool figure we saw last year he It comes with a few other guns and pieces that we've seen before that have been recolored. Uh, You do get the taco again if you're a taco army builder uh, like me. And uh, you do get his burnt pizza uh, face head again in there, which is good because this actually got um, announced when I was coming home from a party where I might have had a bit too much to drink. And I might have uh, actually accidentally ordered multiple of this guy, uh, which I didn't notice until I checked my bank account the next morning. So, uh, seeing that he has multiple heads and pieces made me very happy. That <laughs> uh, well, at least I can display him in different ways now. But, Drunk uh,
0: is what you're saying.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a very dangerous thing. Uh, the other very cool thing uh, that they are doing for Hazcon, uh is a Magic the Gathering set that has some exclusive cards related to their toys. So there's a sword with connected to Dungeons and Dragons. There's a Nerf War card. Uh, and my favorite being uh, Grimlock as a legendary artifact creature. Uh, in there, but uh, very nice. I'm sure those cards will be uh, of note, particularly in years to come. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this Hasbro con- convention goes and whether it will be a success in around next year. But uh, I'm definitely paying attention to it. Huh.
0: Hmm. Very
2: good. I'm just wondering if those magic cards are actually um, legal, as in that you can actually play them at tournament level.
1: I'd imagine there wouldn't be that many of them for them to actually sign it off, but um, it it all it's usually cards that gives someone a, that someone works out a loophole with them that gives them a great advantage that they uh, yeah get more than being anything specific because I did once fall down the dragon hole of watching the magic tournaments on YouTube. And they are some of the most fascinating things to watch because it's just literally people flipping cards over and everyone around seems to be able to tell exactly what the card is by the picture and what it's going to do. And I have no idea what's going on. So it'll just be people flipping cards and then they'll just flip another card and half the room will cheer and half the room will boo and someone will put their face in their hands and (laughs) – yeah, and there's an English commentator just talking about it like it's uh, soccer. Just oh, and he's played that card. It's a very great move there. Very wonderful done. This is exactly what he did back in 2013 and really cornered his opponent. But it does seem the player has really strategized and built his deck ready to prepare uh, for that very forward <laughs> onslaught. It's just
0: <laughs> and, yeah. yeah
2: as, as someone that's played Magic and um, not very well. In tournaments, um, yeah. It, it's one of those I'm pretty sure these aren't going to be tournament legal because if they're actually any good, then
0: they would be worth ridiculous amounts of money. <laughs> huh, funny, very funny. Um, I noticed one uh, announcement this week that I thought was worth talking about, and that is a, a Hot Choice um, new figure and character in the uh, original trilogy set, and they have announced a six scale Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, with a brilliant um, license, uh, likeness, um, which is uh, really nice. And he um, th- comes either on his own in a set with a a, a very groovy uh, chair. Um, oh, sorry, I lied. He comes uh, on his own, or he comes in a deluxe set with Darth Vader, and he has got a... Um, a very groovy chair, um, and uh, you know the nameplate, etc. It's actually saying that the um, uh, Darth Vader is uh, redesigned. It's got redesigned elements from the first Hot Toys Darth Vader, which may annoy people. Um, oh. So, but I mean, the 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 Tarkin is a very very good looking figure. So, if you are a fan of the one six scale. Uh, Star Wars Hot Toys for the original trilogy this is a, a very cool addition to the line which has been a bit quiet while all of the uh, Force Awakens stuff was happening hmm.
1: now if someone's got to make the joke is it a better likeness than Rogue One
0: <laughs> hmm uh, uh, maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
1: I actually I think it is. Okay, it's it's a very well done. It's a great yeah. um, Peter Cushing.
0: Yeah, it was really funny when um, <clears throat> we watched Rogue One, uh, which uh, like I saw it when it came out, but my eldest only saw it on uh, DVD, and she has seen all the other films. And when Tarkin came on, she was like, "Is he? Wouldn't he?" Be like really old, is he? I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> not <funny."
2: laughs> It's just that he's got this weird version of Cushing's disease where he just lives <laughs> forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny, funny. Adam, did you notice anything newsworthy?
2: Uh, yes. So, the one thing I've noticed uh, in the last couple of days, and I've already ordered it, is um. Kind of much to my dismay, uh, there is going to be a limited edition uh, Ingram Three. So this is in the Patlabor line, so the the show about police having giant mechs that I keep talking about recently. Um, this is the the third police unit, um, and they're doing that as a, a limited edition, which makes it so much fun for all of us that can't actually order things directly through a um, an Asian uh, Bandai store because you know um they don't ship to australia so i have had to go and find a way to source it and have discovered the wonderful website called nipponyasan.com and uh have ordered one through there but yeah so this is going to be very much like the uh number one and number two it's just that it's number three and it's going to cost me a buttload to get
0: so Hmm. yeah and have you guys worked out yet how much a buttload actually contains? I'm still... So so this is the
2: metric version, which is converts to currently $119 Australian shipped.
0: Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Mm. There you go. Some nice news highlights. Very
1: cool. All right. Thank you for that, guys. Uh, we'll be back in a sec with our first toy of the week. From the Black Hole collection it's Vincent. Ah!
0: and captain dan holland it's the black hole action figures each sold separately you can pretend the evil dr reinhardt and maximilian want to force captain holland and vincent into the black hole all clear captain other black hole action figures sold separately maximilian captain holland vincent and all black hole action figures sold separately by migo well, we have three fantastic toys of the week for your listening pleasure this week, and Eddie is going to introduce the first one. Well, actually, that's not true, because I'm introducing it, and Eddie's going to talk about it. Yay, me! Yes, I will.
1: Okay. okay. Uh, so, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, this last little while, while I've been fairly absent from the podcast, I have been on a Transformers collecting kick, which... Transformers is a line that I like, uh, but it's one that I generally go to more when other lines are dying down, such as Marvel Legends and Star Wars Black and the ones that we constantly talk about on the podcast. (laughs) It's something that um, I do keep meaning to talk about more on the show because I know there are a lot of Transformers fans but uh, often get uh, distracted by other pieces that are coming out that we get to talk about as a group. But I have been on a big... Transformers Kick of Recent trying to uh fill some pieces in and it's had uh, me sort of inspired and I've wanted to talk about one but I've actually got so many uh I was a bit of a struggle to pick which one I wanted to talk about tonight and I've ended up going uh with this guy which is the uh Combiner Wars Optimus Prime And the reason why I picked him uh, is because I found him a bit interesting. He was released back in 2015, uh, which uh, he was a bit of a controversial figure when he came out. People really didn't like him. He has a very flat chest and uh, Mm. he's got some issues with his hip ratchet joints which uh the ratchet pegs have a fair bit of distance for him so uh, to stand him properly he can often look like he's uh fairly kind of bow-legged and uh very wide split stances so people were not too happy with this figure and uh, another big issue i should mention is that he is a voyager class so he's the middle uh tier range he's kind of comes in a box they usually cost around fifty dollars australian uh, when they're voyages so he's the middle connector in a combiner figure which was the gimmick uh, of combiner wars which in transformers lore optimus hasn't really been a uh, combiner figure he's combined with other characters in the past but uh never like a team of combiners forming together like devastators so that was just controversial in uh the fandom by itself but over time uh this guy's actually snuck around and become very popular and a lot of people see this guy now as one of the better optimus prime figures that have uh come out and he's basically the best generic prime in recent years that you could just have and have on your shelf and he's a guy who uh, turns into a truck and he's very G1 colours and uh, definitely carries that kind of G1 look uh, compared to ones like the Powermaster Prime and that. So he's actually gaining a fair bit of following uh, here in the modern day than when he was released. And he was one that I didn't pick up because I was hearing such bad word of mouth and I did regret it uh, later on. So I was looking to pick him up and he actually goes for... A fair bit of money these days. So uh, a lot of times online you'll find him going for around three figures. Uh, but uh, I actually found uh, a seller who was asking um, retail for him on uh, the sort of local Australian Transformers Collector Club uh, sale page. And he'd uh, just posted, so I was able to get in there quite quickly and pick him up. And I gotta say, I am very happy to finally have him in hands. And the other thing that was very cool about this one that I picked up, and the seller said it was the reason why he was selling it so cheap, but I actually uh, see it as an advantage. Is this seller actually went and got uh, Repro uh, Replo? Oh, I'm gonna struggle with the name here. Repro label uh, stickers, which is a company that does sticker sheets for Transformers to improve them and add extra details in. And the seller I brought it from actually had a really steady hand of a surgeon and applied all these micro stickers uh, all over the figure uh, that really bring him out and make him shine and give him a great uh, look to him and improve the figure a great deal. Uh, So (laughs) I don't quite understand the seller's thinking in that having these stickers on him actually dropped him in quality, but, uh, I actually think it improved him and I'm not very good at applying stickers. Uh, so I've never really ordered a pack of repro labels, uh, before, and I would not be able to do, uh, some of these stickers that have gone on, uh, in here and add all this detail in. Uh, so I was, uh, very happy, uh, to have him. Uh, so uh, in terms of the packaging, I didn't get this guy in box. He did come loose, obviously, because uh, they would had the stickers applied. Uh, but he would normally come in a box. Uh, then kind of collector-friendly, you could slide it out and you could take the figure out. Uh, you would have to cut a billion of those little tab T-tabs that we just hate uh, mm. here. Um, but you could probably get him back in and slide it back in. But the problem is... Uh, because Transformers have all different scales. Some of those scales are on Blister cards and other ones are in boxes. So as a collector, you'd probably want to maintain it across the line. So uh, it is kind of collector-friendly, but not really when looking at the whole. What is very cool, though, uh, is that they do do painted art on these Transformers, and you do get a little collector card of that painted art in its full, uh, which is very cool, and it's something I think a lot of toy lines are lacking at the moment is that great original character uh, painted art. And I was uh, lucky enough that the seller included his little collector card there in that. Uh, Sculpt-wise, it's pretty, it's that weird balance between being basic and actually being what it needs to be. So Prime is very blocky. He uh, has (laughs) not a large amount of detail to him. There are, Uh, some little parts where it's sort of faux engines in between gears and pieces like that, that do add some cool details into it. But uh, for the most part, you're not seeing anything special here, but at the same time, you're not expecting to. So it's not a bad thing. Uh, His head sculpt. Is fairly classic Prime. Uh, it seems to be based uh, on what a lot of people say is it's his Jinrai head sculpt, which comes from the Japanese cartoon headmasters. Uh, and a lot of people say his chest looks very much like the Energon uh, cartoon version of it. But uh, for me, it's just kind of more that generic flat chested truck window cab look. Uh, the truck cab is probably more of a modern. Truck cab than the eighty style one. Uh, it seems to have that little bit more aerodynamic and sort of rounded edges to it than the classic square. Once he's actually uh, in and transformed, but uh, it's still that classic red um, flat front truck. I'm very bad uh, with my uh, car knowledge, but uh, he.
0: Yeah. I know colors like you know the red yeah. car, the um the silver car. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, then it's like the yellow ones and the the ones with the wheels. Uh, But in terms of his transformation, uh, the sculpting is fantastic. And this is where I really like Transformers, and I find them uh, unique and fascinating, is just the engineering uh, that goes into transforming them. So uh, the front of his cab sort of splits in half and becomes his arms. The uh, back trolley part uh, becomes his kind of blue legs there. Uh, the back of the cab sort of becomes a backpack. There is sort of a little blue piece that becomes his cod piece in the big, uh, combiner section that does become a little bit of loose kibble there on his back, but it's not too bad. And for the most part, he does, uh, form pretty nicely. He doesn't have too much little extra bits hanging off him. He's got a little bit on his forearms but nowhere near as bad as the Classics Prime, which was sort of considered to be the best Prime uh, before this guy here who had really bad uh, shield kibble coming off his forearms. So uh, sculpting-wise, he's very nice uh, there, but nothing uh, super spectacular. Uh, In terms of paint uh, applications, there's really nothing here. The only point you really get paint applications Application is on his head uh, with a bit of silver and blue on the eyes. Uh, everything else is basically just molded plastic. And then I have a lot of details coming from uh, the Repro label stickers here. So it's kind of hard for me to tell what has been added by the Repro labels because uh, there are pieces that I think are paint, and then I look close and they're actually like little black stickers. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I, I got to give a lot of credit there, but I can't honestly tell you what is and what isn't really by, uh, just looking at it, uh, through here. But, uh, with this set and this figure I'm talking about, uh, there are some really nice sticker details that really bring out prime and make him shine. And there's even some bits that doesn't really come across in the photos I put on Facebook, but. Uh, there are stickers that have gone over gray pieces that are just silver stickers. So they add that bit of shine and metallicness to him, particularly in the ab area on his chest, uh, which is just fantastic. Uh, articulation wise, he's got a fair bit of articulation. So um, now some of it comes from the transformation and there are things that you can move that you probably aren't meant to move in the figure form, but uh, it does give him uh, articulates So uh in generic terms speaking, but not really these type of things. He has, uh, ratcheted ball joint shoulders. He's got, uh, joints in his elbows. He unfortunately doesn't really have any articulation in his wrist. He's got an ab crunch, but it only goes, bends his back backwards. Uh, really you don't get an ab crunch going forward. Uh, he's got ratchet joints in the hip, uh, which are nice and solid because they do hold the combiner figure, but, Uh, There is large gaps between the ratchets, which unfortunately can limit your posing with him. Uh, He's got uh, knee articulation and he does have uh, sort of an up and down ankle articulation. So you can get some good, decent poses out of him, particularly with the arms and his head's on a ball joint, uh, I should say. Uh, Now he does combine uh, into, uh, I think, there's a couple of different names for it. I think it's uh, Ultra Prime uh, that the red one turns into. He was released in a white color uh, that turns into like Optimus Maximus. Uh, but I, I believe when it's red, it's uh, Ultra Prime. And he uh, also has fairly good articulation. Uh, the gap in his ratchet joints in his leg doesn't matter as much there. Uh, but in that, you actually fold out his backpack. And that's where you get sort of a bigger prime head uh, coming out uh, that forms uh, the head for ultra prime. Now, if you want to, you can actually pack away uh, through a weird little trap jaw joint that hides the normal head. And you can bring out that big head and actually use that big head on the figure if you want to. It does throw proportions off, but uh, he does sort of look more meaner and battlery in uh, (laughs) that form Uh, and when you actually open up the uh, backpack there uh, that would become his chest area uh, in the combined form and the Repro label stickers actually use the design of sort of just the engine uh, pieces in there and cleverly created stickers on it to make it look like the uh, matrix of leadership in there so it was a nice little easter egg in the Repro label stickers uh, clever, using just kind of the weird design there of that uh, piece and uh, laying them up with a couple of different stickers to give it that look, which I thought was quite clever uh, of that company. Uh, but yeah, he's a um, very cool figure. He has a couple of little flaws, but for the most part, he's really great. Now, if you're not that fussed about your prime being red, I'd actually recommend... Uh, the white version, which is the Battlecore Prime. Uh, And that guy, they actually did fix up the hip ratchet joints. And uh, I think they actually gave him a slightly better head sculpt uh, on that one. Uh, And that was actually the one that I got first and made me really want to go back and track this guy down because I actually did like that figure. Uh, a whole heap and while i do still really like that one the fact that they actually did improve the sculpt uh there in the little floors and listen to fans i think uh is a good deal but for a lot of people if you're going after a prime you're going to want him to be red and blue uh and that's this guy here so uh if you are after a prime for your shelf this guy definitely does make a great one I, i even forgot to talk about uh one of the cool things that i really like is that uh his gun Uh, is the classic ion cannon with the weird sort of pyramid triangle at the back, which is very classic prime, but uh, is often lacking from a lot of prime toys. And there's another kind of engine rifle, and they both can combine together and become the gun uh, for ultra prime. Uh, So having that classic gun as well goes a long way in making this guy a very iconic uh, prime and a great prime uh, for your shelf. So uh, in terms of dolly ratings, I think I got to give this guy... A uh, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, the, just because the issues are some big issues, but uh, really he is uh, pretty damn uh, close uh, to being a great Transformer figure. So I think 8.5 is fair.
0: Cool. So um, you've taught me a new thing tonight, um, which is what kibble is, because you were saying kibble a couple times, and I was thinking, is that an eddyism or is that a thing and then I googled it and it's a thing yeah so for, for so, other people like me that are sitting there going what the hell is kibble do you want to actually explain what it is
1: so kibble is a transformer toy term but it could be applied to um, other toy lines where you have say a transforming robot and uh, he'll transform, but say a back piece of the car door is actually sticking out of his shoulders and doesn't really form into the humanoid body. Uh, that's kind of a kibble piece where it's just those extra pieces that are hanging off a figure uh, once they've formed or had some action feature happen.
0: Oh, very good. Hmm. Very good. Well, thank you very much for that. Any Adam, did you have any colour commentary to add to that one?
2: So... I always find it fascinating, right? Because back when I was a kid, we actually had all the G one stuff. How do these compare in terms of in terms of for most people compared to a G one? I know they've redone some of the G one um, re releases and stuff like that. It's it's
1: very weird because the G one ones really weren't that articulated. Correct. Um, so often, that's the big thing is um, finally getting articulated, posable. Uh, action figures of uh their action figures uh but there is a lot of debate uh on this in the transformers community and it is kind of fascinating because there was also a really popular cartoon series where the animators were often going off um you know designs of what the figure might look like that never ended up happening and just weird car toy designs that never really works like uh ratchet and Ironhide in the original toys didn't even actually have heads uh so the cartoon actually had to create heads for them uh to use so they could talk and interact with other characters uh and the original toys didn't have that so there's even a lot of debates on Uh, when characters get redone about whether they're going to be based on animated appearance or are they going to be based on the actual toy appearance are they going to be a combination of both so uh, you get multiple camps uh, in uh, each sector and now the big thing is also the idw comics have actually been extremely popular uh-huh. And they've been taking a lot of designs from IDW. So ones such as the Generation Springer and uh, Drift have been based off uh, the IDW comics even more so than their classic toy designs. And there are people who are really like that. And then there are other people who really hate it because it's not the toy design or the cartoon uh, design. So it's actually fairly interesting because there hasn't really been a complete run of either. Uh, so you can get ones where it's like, okay, here's a good IDW Prime and then currently it's Titan Masters and uh, the first Prime in that was a Power Master one that was based off the last um, Prime figure released to the original G1 uh, that was heavily influenced on that and pretty much just a complete redo uh, of that figure. Uh, so there are um, nods to the toys, but that's not always the case.
0: Okay, cool. Very good. Thanks very much for that education, Eddie, and uh, definitely sounds like something that would be worth uh, looking for if you were looking for a good optimist. And uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back to see if Adam can top that. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X heroes by author Peter Kleins. X-Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X-Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues.
1: And now it's time for our second Toy of the Week, and with that is Adam doing one of his classic pieces, uh, a Dragon Ball Z figure art. So take it away, Adam.
2: Thank you very much, Eddie. So this week I'm talking about uh, one of the, the new re-release Dragon Ball Z items. We've already had, I'm trying to think, what the first one that got the the new treatment was, and I think that was um, Super Saiyan Vegeta we got the the Vegeta with the new groin on it, um, which was actually technically a different version of Super Saiyan Vegeta from the first time around because the first time around was just Super Saiyan Vegeta without um, going buff. And the second time around was Super Saiyan Vegeta going buff versus Cell. Um, So there's a slight difference for those that are, you know, interested in Dragon Ball Z and and chronology and things like that. this time around, it is, as I've said, the the version 2 uh, Vegeta, which came out this year. Um, the differences are, well, really they're not that legion. Um, it's a bit interesting. So this is a, a figure arts from Bandai um, and it goes for about $56 Australian, which is about $13 or so less than the original went for. Um, and I guess really the the things to talk about are, in fact, the the differences in the figures. So in terms of starting at the top, we'll start with the head, um, this head is actually wider, which is fantastic. The first head I think was just uh, a reuse of the original Vegeta head. This one may be a reuse of the Super Saiyan Vegeta head, which uh, sorry, the new Super Saiyan Vegeta head, which is good because um, Vegeta's head was actually drawn differently to begin with. Uh, at Dragon Ball Z time so throughout the course of Dragon Ball the art changed um, a little bit particularly as characters got older got stronger and got more more beefcake um, so in the start of Dragon Ball Z Vegeta is actually really quite scrawny but he's still got a, a comically wide head um, this version is not particularly scrawny but his head is wider which is a nice touch um, the portraits that are provided are different. So we still have shouty face Vegeta. Uh, we still have um, smirking face. We still have, I'm trying to think what the other ones so are. I think that was a vaguely serious. And I don't recall if we had a gritted teeth Vegeta originally. Um, it's entirely possible that we did. The other thing with the heads that's different... Um, the scouters are different this time around so in fact this time we get two scouters we have a standard scouter per last time where it's just a, a translucent um monocle uh, or reticule and um we have one that has printed on information that looks a bit like it's got the uh the power readings going on which is kind of cool the other thing that's different about the head um and the neck is that the flesh tones have not been um, painted in any way to give them any texturing. Now, I'm kind of a bit in between on this one. Um, it looks a little bit more accurate, I think this way around, because sometimes last time around, um, he looked a little bit like he'd been hanging out with Donald Trump in the tanning booth. Um, however, it also added a little bit of extra texturing and detail to it, which was, which made the piece look a bit better. So, It's a little bit disappointing in that regard that there's been a change, but it probably is one that was worth doing. Um, The armor colors are slightly different as well. So the white is more white. Um, There hasn't been any wash applied. So the previous one was an underlying white, but it also had that kind of bluey, purpley wash applied over it to give it kind of more the the look that it had. In places in the manga and um i guess in time at at different points in the anime it did have a little bit of color to it other than that um and the color of the actual armor plating itself is different so it used to be more of a a brownie color this time it's a bit more orangey tanny color um which you know it's one of those depending on which scenes you're looking at and and um which version of Dragon Ball Z you're looking at in terms of whether it was Kai or whether it was the full Dragon Ball Z and whether it was remastered and blah blah blah. The colours do change a bit over time, so I'm not overly upset, but I do prefer the old colouring a bit more. It um it just lines up with what I'm used to a bit better. Uh, the shoulder mechanism that's pretty much the same. However, the colour of his um his undershirt and under trousers is different. It's more of a bit more of a royal blue, like a a richer royal blue. There's basically no wash provided throughout most of that, although there was a bit around the back of his thighs, which is a weird place to put it, considering there's none on the biceps or shoulders. Um, Interesting choice there. The older one was a much lighter blue um, with a wash applied to it. When you get him out of the box, he's equipped with the crossed arms, uh, which I think were always a fantastic thing to have for Vegeta. Um, there's a little bit of paint slop on mine around, um, the bottom of the left glove going into his, um, sorry, right glove going into his, his left arm. that's not a big deal. Um, you can swap that out for normal unfolded arms, which is fine. And those come by default with punchy hands equipped. So if you're after some, some punchy punchy or other kinds of poses, they're totally capable of doing that. Um. The body is then an updated body which has not got the um, ooh, that's interesting. Um, does not have in
0: <laughs> do, do you want to share or was it a personal revelation?
2: Yeah, so, no, it's, um, I'm just looking at the paint differences and I think there are actually some some molding and paint differences as well. So, this one now has an uh, a mid body waist articulation crunch thing, so um not just at the hips, but actually like an ab crunch type deal. Um, the other thing is, and I'm trying to check, get a good one, uh, reverse shot of the original. So the reverse of the original had um, armor only going up to um, the, I'm trying to work out the best way to explain this. This version of Vegeta has shoulder pads, right? That goes down from the shoulder and it comes into this big curvy plate that sits on top of the actual armor looking part, um, which is all well and good. And the armour part on the new version, the armour actually goes all the way up on the sides into that um, plate that goes over the top, whereas the old version did not. And I can't tell you off the top of my head which one's more accurate, um, which, shame on me, I should, should have um, looked that up. Um, but it's also oh, we're gonna got... We're going
0: to get mail. We're going to get mail.
2: We are going to get mail. The other thing is this is more accurate in at least one regard, which is that it has um, the the bisecting part that goes down through the armour, um, and that is included, which is not provided on the old one. I'm also wondering as to whether or not there's some kind of um, combination on either figure between um, Sansa and the side of Nanak and Freezer Saga as, as far as armour differences, and I'm sure we will get mail on that. Um, he does come with his tail in a, a nicely wrap-around-the-waist position to begin with. If you want a tail that sticks out behind, you have to remove this tail and put on the other tail, which is fine. We then come to the, I guess, what some people may may think is the key reason for this change, which is the uh, the fully articulated groin situation that we now have on figure arts, where you have um, kind of a hip segment and then, which is really kind of just a, a cover for the main hip ball joint. That then comes out and it's got that weird we've talked about this before it looks like um like a a weird disc that comes out from the the groin into the top of the hip and then you go into the thigh sitting over that and then down and through the rest of the leg which is basically the same um so see previous comments about about this um hip structure it looks okay on these figures um it's just a little bit weird in terms of when you see the the funny disc poking out through his junk, um, it doesn't look quite right. The I, other I thing that makes this—I
0: don't want a disc poking out through my junk. That's for sure.
2: What if it was like a three and three quarter or three point whatever or three and a half inch? Mm, no, n-
0: no, that wouldn't suffice. No, no. no discs. No. Okay.
2: No, no discs. Yes. Disappointing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other thing that that goes with that is. I'm not sure that they're going to get the best use out of that new articulation system because of the skirting that comes off his armor, which is included. It's still included and still articulated the same as before, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to give you maximum use of the super articulated groin. Um, the other thing that goes with the lack of super articulated groin is that we, well, yeah, around the skirts is um the actual detailing of the skirt is slightly different. The previous version, the um, the skirt was fully coloured per the armour, and that was fantastic. This time around, the colour goes almost all the way to the edge um, in terms of into the middle where it attaches to the rest of the body, um, but then it goes white for a bit, which is not accurate per any version of um, Dragon Ball Z I've ever seen. Um it possibly has been done as a a mistake or as a a save money, or it may just be done on purpose to avoid paint rub. I'm not really sure. Um, That said, if they were going to do that, it would have been nice to kind of change how those skirts fit onto the torso. Um, Because if they'd done that, we could have made those, or they could have made those entirely removable. And then you would have had a Vegeta from the start of, Frieza slash Namek Saga, where he doesn't have the skirts, but he does have the rest of the upper armor is basically the same. So that's a bit of a disappointment. In terms of accessories, we've talked about um, the different portraits. So there are four portraits. Excuse me. There are also two heads, Um, not because he's Tasmanian or anything like that. It's just that same as last time, one of the heads has a little hole that fits in in the back of the, the portrait for the um, scouter to plug in, and the other does not. So you have that choice. You have, as I've said, the um, the non-printed scouter as an alternative. Uh, his swap out tail, his swap out arms. Um, his hand options are as apart from punchy hands, you have. Um, I'm just trying to look at this straight out palms for general key blasting. Um, And you have grappling hands, which could be used for um, grappling or for doing his gallic gun manoeuvre. Now, because those are not painted in any way, they won't really fit if you try and swap them for the the gloves off of the old Vegeta, which is a bit disappointing because that means that we are now down, um, let me see, two sets of um, hands in terms of palm strike. Um, and we are also down the um, two fingers extended blasting pose that he uses to destroy people, uh, which is disappointing. The other thing that we have got, though, that's the same, is we have got the um, crushed scouting fist um, piece. So you can put that on his... Uh, left hand, so on his left arm, so he's um, crushing his Scouter in frustration because the Scouter is not giving him an accurate reading. Um, the other thing that's interesting is that the tail is actually different. The tail last time was actually quite short, um, almost comically so. This one is, I'm just doing a bit of a size comparison here, I would suggest this tail is about 50% larger than the old one. Um, so if you wanted a longer-tailed Vegeta, you know, it's that, that subspecies, the long-tailed Vegeta, uh, you can now have one, which is fantastic for all of those long-tailed Vegeta enthusiasts. Um, the only other thing that's different is the original came with a display base or a, a, a figure stand, which wasn't so much for the figure as it was because he came with um, some blast effects. In fact, I think he came with three of them from memory. Now we don't have those this time and it's pretty disappointing. Um, that said, you know, you're saving thirteen dollars. The the stand itself typically goes for hmm, about four or f- about four bucks probably each. And then you're talking about some effects parts. Um, I don't know if they'd be nine bucks worth, but there you go. So you are actually getting less in the display base side of things you're getting less hands um more scouters which include translucent plastic and i don't know if that costs us more um plus a longer tail so you know there's quite a bit that's different on this figure um i think realistically there's there's going to be people that prefer the old one um there's going to be people that prefer the new one and there's going to be people like me who are somewhere in the middle in terms of would like to see some of the old brought back um and would like to see some of the new kept. And it's a really hard one to work out, which I prefer. Um, I think they're both fantastic figures. I think that you should really – I mean, realistically, if you can get access to either one of them, I'd probably pick the original. Um, If you can't get access to both and you can only access the new one, then by all means it's a fantastic figure. Um, I think in terms of a Dolly rating, it probably – it probably fits in somewhere in that eight or nine dollars range.
0: Um yeah. It's a reasonable rating.
1: Mm. I gotta oh. say, damn you, because you've probably sold me on it. Do you have the original? <laughs> I don't, that's why I was like, oh, maybe he'll be able to talk me out of it and be like, oh, this isn't It's no good, like no, don't original. buy it in
2: yeah. it. Yeah. Pay, pay <laughs> through the nose on eBay for the original, and uh, you need to pay like three times the price. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just doing a little bit of fact checking and uh, checking my armor details to see if I've which one is the better armor as well for you.
0: And I suspect fact checking.
2: Yeah. Who does That's that? Armor important. important. Sorry, I'll just make facts up. Yeah or are we going to get emails? Uh, I think you'll find this one has the more technically correct hour in terms of the back. Mm. So there you go. Nice.
1: Uh, Well, if there's no further questions, we'll uh, jump through for our next uh, Toy of the Week. Indeed.
0: If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AF Blues with the promo code BREACH10.
1: And now it is time for our last but certainly not least Toy of the Week. And bringing up the rear is Scotty. So what have you got for us tonight, Scotty?
0: I have got the, or one of the latest in the newest statue series from DC Collectibles, which is the DC Designer Series. So, um, DC Collectibles has got a designer series brand for action figures where they take someone like Greg Capullo or Jarwin Cook and do assorted characters, you know, based on their designs. Um, the designer series for statues uh, is a kind of interesting mix of where definitely they have an artist attached to them. Some of them are actually newly sculpted pieces. Some of them are uh, reused um, sculpts, perhaps in a different scale. So, so far we've had a DC um, designer series Harley Quinn Bruce Tim statue that was a scaled up color version of the Bruce Tim Harley black and white statue uh we've had a uh francis menopole flash that was a new sculpt um we have out now the adam hughes wonder woman which is a scaled up version of the uh original wonder woman cover girls piece um so another reuse um but in a different you know different scale because these are all uh kind of 12 13 inch Um, scale. And then this is a new sculpt, which is the Brian Bolland Joker statue. Um, So this is based on uh, Brian Bolland's um, Joker from The Killing Joke. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a moment. Um, And this is one that I, when I first saw it, I was a little bit confused because Kotobakiya has done two versions of a Joker Killing Joke um Artifacts Plus statue um that I the first one uh which I was really interested in owning but it came with a base that had a creepy little cherub guy on it and I just was so freaked out by him that I couldn't kind of bring myself to to buy it um and now they are doing a new one that is the same piece but with a different base. Um, so I was thinking that I was getting that and I hadn't kind of registered that this piece, uh, was coming out from DC collectibles and I happened to run across it a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, it was a pretty price friendly, um, piece and it's going to scale with the other, um, DC designer series statues. So I decided to grab that instead. Um so this is a 2017 release and acquisition. Um it is packaging wise in a relatively standard um DC collectibles uh statue box with a uh, you know, basically white background and pictures of the piece and then pictures of upcoming uh pieces as well. Um and it of course is based on the artwork of Brian Bolland and it is sculpted by a sculptor called David Gerard, who has done uh, some previous work for DC Collectibles and also some stuff for XM Studios, uh, etc. I don't, I'm not aware that I own a previous piece of his, um, so I think this may be a a first. Um, so this is a, a really nicely done piece. One of the things which I'm actually really enjoying about this DC designer um, statue series is that it's taking um, DC collectibles back to a point um, where they're doing a larger scale of statue than they've done for a while. If you go back to kind of some of the early DC direct statues, they were in this kind of one six, you know, 12 inch um, scale and they've done a lot of, uh, yeah, for, for quite a while now, they've been working in a smaller statue scale, and these are more of a you know, kind of Bowen Designs type um, scale, which they you know they're a little bit more um, uh, noticeable and and good looking on the shelf, and it's a scale that I really like. So um, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not this actually builds into anything that kind of hangs together because they're so. Artist specific. Um, if you are not familiar with the Killing Joke, where have you been? Um, but you know, basically, this is the really iconic Batman story where Bat, uh, Joker you know ends up um, spoilers, old, old, old spoilers, um, doing terrible things to Commissioner Gordon and Barbara Gordon, and uh, shooting Barbara and causing her to be paralyzed, and changing from Batgirl to Oracle. Until of course, it all got undone um and so the the joker holding a camera thing is uh, all referencing that um you know th- that kind of key part of the story where he does mean things to them and then takes horrible photos of it and it's all pretty terrible um there's actually a lot of sculpting work in this because um the joker is wearing his purple trench coat and so there's a lot of drapery. Uh, here and it is really nicely done. Um, you know, the collar, the, um, drapery in the, uh, kind of folds of his arms where he's holding the, the, um, camera and then the back of the jacket is really impressive and the, um, uh, straps of the jacket which are loose and kind of hang at the back are obviously separate pieces that have been kind of glued on and they are, I mean I wouldn't want to put them to a pressure test but they are slightly flexible um, and uh, they, they really I think add something to just kind of the whole feel of it being those you know pieces that are kind of hanging out um, a little bit, the, the kind of belt of the, the jacket that's um, undone um, the bases so far of these, most of these DC designer pieces do have the character name on it. And you know that we have issues with that on this podcast. Um, because we know who we're collecting. Thank you very much. Um, so this, this may or may not annoy you. Um, but it just seems to be a thing. So we have to, uh, kind of deal. Um, the, the face sculpt is really nicely done. It's got that kind of, you know, interesting uh, mix of obviously the Bolland um, uh, artwork, but then I also um, look at this and really see a lot of the kind of Tim Bruckner inspired Jucker in terms of, yeah, I think th- this is a, a look that, um he has really taken and incorporated into a lot of the joker work that he does, which I find is very um oh, what's the right word really noticeably his whenever I see that sort of joker so that is you know that's interesting um paint wise uh the quality of the paint is beautiful it's really really nicely done um I, I think it's interesting if you look at just maybe some of the the colouring of this, um, it's actually uh, this, depending on how kind of um, faithful or passionate you are about the, the killing joke, um, the y- y- back in like, oh, I want to say the late, late two thousands, um, Brian Bolland re recolored this. So I don't think that he was the original colorist. and help me out here. Now John Higgins was the original colorist, thank you Google. Um and then uh 2008 they did a deluxe edition and Boland recolored over his own uh pencils. And when he did, it was a slightly more muted palette from the original. Um so it was a little bit darker um as opposed to the original version that was a little bit brighter. And this one would definitely kind of be, uh, to me, is based more on the the recolored um, palette, so it's a bit darker um, and a little bit more muted. But then the the his tan hat is a little bit lighter um, than the the recolored than the original um so that that you may not notice that at all or maybe you hadn't noticed it until i pointed out to you Now i ruined it for you um who knows uh but that's just something that i think is worth kind of you know pointing out doesn't bother me at all um but look this is this is a brilliant piece i'm really uh interested in what um dc is going to you know do with this line Uh, unfortunately um you know that they seem to have a, a bit of a short attention span when it comes to a lot of their uh, lines where we get kind of the same characters in it and then it dies and then they go to something else um, if this does turn into something that becomes a bit more of a um, you know a, a line of DC characters in the one scale um, that are because you know a lot of what DC collectibles is doing at the moment is more you um, you know their own branded stuff like bombshells etc um like of their their property rather than actually comic accurate stuff and if this is something that we um can get um and get some iconic versions of uh, a number of characters then i think it's going to be worth watching so i like it um i have to give it 10 out of 10 dollars i've got absolutely no complaints about it i think it's a really lovely piece cool
1: Very cool. I definitely agree with you on uh, the improvement of not having that little evil cherub guy on the base. (laughs) uh, Because I think that's going to be one of the most infamous um, statues for being a great statue for the first half. And then you see down the bottom and it just kind of killed the whole thing. So having just the proper classic joker here, I think, is what a lot of people... Yeah, wanted yeah. so and, it's it's, and nice. it's
0: interesting too that Bakia is redoing that and it's the same piece but he's standing on like a red button kind of thing not on the um the the cherub and it just I, I could never work out um when that came out whether the cherub was re- you could kind of display it without or not because I was just like I just don't want to look at that it's just kind of you know <laughs> weird yeah <actually. laughs> so there you go <laughs> so yeah. but yeah, yeah good fun Very cool. Hmm.
1: uh, If no one's got anything else to add, uh, we'll be back to wrap things up with a uh, little bit of a send off. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out on the show. And uh, Scotty, you have a piece of feedback for us tonight. So over to you.
0: I do. So we had a lovely little guest spot from our friend Peter from Canada on last week's show, sharing a collecting story and um Eddie gave him a little shout out on Twitter to say thanks, and he said, "Always glad to contribute to my favorite podcast. The week isn't complete without a f blues, and we want to say, Aw, thanks.' Aww. yeah yes. you're, you're also Thank you from Canada, yeah, yeah uh." And I'm sorry, probably various emails and Facebook things that I have not had a chance to compile before this uh, recording, but we shall certainly uh, refer back to them on future episodes. Well,
1: oh, actually, I do have one little personal note too. Um, it's not a big one. I actually found this a few weeks ago, but I uh, wasn't around to mention it. But if anyone uh, messages me on Twitter and doesn't get a response or gets a weird response i've actually found out there is another eddie afb on twitter who is posting about geeky things uh but is not me uh so uh make sure if you uh, yeah um so i am eddie 3429 and i do have an action figure blues banner so uh if you are messaging at an Eddie AFB on Twitter, uh it may not actually be me. So uh just check the profile and make sure that uh it's a um action figure blues banner because uh I I don't think the fellum is copying or pretending to be me, but uh it's just uh very similar stuff is being posted, so it might be confusing. Wow. But yeah.
2: I was going to say this is more disappointing than the time I went looking for Casey Donovan, the the porn star, and and found the singer.
0: <laughs> I was going to say this is kind of like when I had to change my Twitter handle because um, it it was uh, also the name of a Brazilian gay porn star. <laughs> <laughs> and I was getting tagged in all this. Stuff and I was like, why are people tagging me in this? And why are people sending these messages? And it's all in Spanish and and oh yes, so,
1: that was, uh it should be Portuguese
2: if he's Brazilian. Uh,
0: early on,
1: early on uh, in the days of Instagram, I used to tag action figure pics uh, with uh, hashtag boys and their toys, and because <laughs> I used <laughs> because I used the symbol and. Um, it was just registering the hashtag as boys, so it'd have all <laughs> these like young teenage girls Bro, like no. <laughs> the photos. And I couldn't figure out why for ages and then I realized that oh, all young um preteen girls seem to follow the hashtag boys and because I was <laughs> tagging boys in action figures they that was coming up in their feeds and they're nice enough to like it. But um, yeah, it was very throwing me off, like, why are there all these preteen girls liking photos of Batman? Like, what's going on? But mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, we go. Uh, when my eldest was in early primary school, she had this dumb, you know, school assignment where she had to do something about a, a body of water, like, you know, choose your favorite body of water, and then... um do all these things around it. And we chose the place that we used to go, um, for our, um, holidays. And we, my wife was on the computer and I was just kind of talking, you know, in the background and she was saying, okay, so what is the, now we need to, um, get a picture of, you know, the trees that are around this body of water. And what is it? Oh, it's the black butt. And then she's going, okay, Google black button. Before I could go, no <laughs> I hear oh dear <laughs> And that kids is how we learn that the internet is a dangerous place. Um yes. no, there you go And on that there
1: note Go we will like uh, end this episode and leave you free to go Google to your heart's content. So uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us once again, guys. Have a good journey.
0: Ciao <laughs> there. Um, yeah. yeah. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nate Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com, where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Blue Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at Action Figure Blues, and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Action Figure Blues. Thanks for listening. Lord Eddie, did you just fall over and roll on the ground?
1: No, that was me. I'm still through all this. This is like episode eight of Twin Peaks kind of thing.